Welcome to the Shorthand States here on the Guernsey Press Politics Podcast. I'm Simon Delarue and with me is Matt Fallais and we're here to review day three of the uh, funding plan, funding and investment plan debate as it's uh, been named and uh, I, I feel rather tired now Matt don't you? We're, wait we are uh, probably three-fifths of the way through this meeting, aren't we? Because the rumours that we might have to come back on Saturday, or that at least they might have to come back on Saturday, are getting stronger. Yeah, and if you think about it, uh, we're, we're in an amendment now, which is going to take quite a long time, I should think, maybe till lunchtime tomorrow. That's uh, regarding Les Oswe. It's very contentious. It is, and and that tomorrow is the, is the last allocated day of the meeting. There are then... I don't know, at least another couple of quite contentious, potentially lengthy amendments to come. Plus ones that might be added. I've heard just now from one of the deputies walking out that one's been laid regarding Alderney Airport. Yeah, I thought that might happen. That that, that will be to try and take the Alderney Airport project out of the list of capital projects. So um, potentially several more quite lengthy amendments and then general debate uh, before the states vote on the propositions, even if they come back on Saturday, which I think members have been asked to give consideration to overnight i'm not sure they'll finish even if they add a fifth day i mean this is this is really the the marathon of all marathon debates isn't it it is and uh you know i i I was standing uh outside the chamber just then as they finished uh, a little late because deputy haskins uh, speech went on a while um, and as deputies came out, uh, they were sort of looking at me with, and you know, rolling their eyes, sighing, uh, and and walking about sort of uh, five inches shorter than than when they came in. They they and Deputy uh, Latoc said during debate today that he said, let's be very careful not to make any rash decisions here and and get caught up in uh, making the wrong decision because we're all feeling very tired. Now, part of me had um, uh, some sympathy with that because I'm I'm feeling it now after all this time. Uh, but part of me thought, well, three consecutive days of work you know if you can't handle it get out the kitchen it's 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 uh, it's not too much of an excuse to make poor decisions is it? no really and, and, and he, he's looking for no rash decisions but i think there is a fear that there won't be any decisions at all yeah. rash or otherwise because the amendments certainly on alternative tax packages all of those amendments are being defeated aren't they one after another pnr is successfully defeating those amendments uh, but that is going to leave the GST package as the only real substantial tax raising package on the table at the end of general debate. And it still looks very, very unlikely that policy and resources can get to 21 or a majority of those who vote uh, to vote in favour of a package which includes GST. And today kicked off with uh, Deputy Lyndon Trott losing his alternative tax raising amendment uh, on income tax didn't it it did yeah and i mean he wanted to well actually when i say he wanted um he didn't necessarily want income tax to be raised to 22 percent from january and then 23 percent from the following january but he wanted it there as a fallback option if no other significant revenue raising measures uh, were included um and uh, it, yeah this was a debate which was uh, 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 he thought going to be quite a, a fair and composed one he started very um very much in, in the manner of say john gollop um by laying out all sides of the arguments he actually admitted there were flaws with it uh, and then 
then spelt out the advantages. Um, but he, you know, his basic point was we can't go ahead with any of these capital projects unless we raise the revenue. We, and even without them, we need to raise the revenue here. Um, so this is one way of doing it. Now, it rang a lot of alarm bells for a lot of uh, deputies, especially those involved with uh, policy and resources. Um, there was some anger as well, I think, um, because, uh, for example, Deputy, uh, Deputies Mahoney and uh, Hellier of PNR uh, were arguing that you know, um, people in uh, finance industry w would be um, horrified or were horrified by the thought that uh, something so fundamental as Deputy Dyke pointed out has been in place since 1961, this 20% base rate, uh, in basic in income tax rate, um, w could be changed uh, with almost no public consultation. Deputy Mahoney said there hasn't even been time to make banners and flags. Um, uh, and and then to do this with 12 weeks notice before it would actually change would be uh, would be quite crazy mm. um so d even though it could have raised up to about 50 million pounds yeah. it was it was quite badly defeated it was by 10 it only secured 10 votes didn't it so it was it was heavily defeated a deputy trot thought that it would be um an attractive backstop you know if all the other proposals have lost then putting a two or three p on income tax might be sufficiently attractive uh, as a way through this, um, you know, this, 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 this challenge the states face. I always thought that amendment would lose quite heavily um, because, you see, when the week started, and I think I referred to this on our podcast last night, when the week started, lots of members were saying the worst possible thing would be to leave this meeting without making a decision on a tax raising package of some form or another. And then vote after vote revealed that almost all members are voting against all the alternative tax packages apart from their preferred one. Now, if every member continues to do that, there, is, there isn't going to be a tax package agreed because n none of the tax packages are capable of getting 21, if you like, first choice votes among deputies. So uh, I don't quite know where, what, what will be on PNR's mind tonight. I, I, I mean, I, I get the impression that after that debate in February on GST uh, and other measures, they sort of decided that their obligation was to continue to do what they thought was the right thing for the island um, without necessarily knitting together a package that was capable of getting through the states. And I think they have known that they are extremely unlikely to get their package through the states, but they're just going to carry on doing what they think is right. I mean, in a sense, that is certainly sincere. It's quite admirable, but it probably is not going to help lead the states into... Um, resolving their long-term tax and spending problems that's very true but also as you say you know if everybody else is saying uh, we, we cannot accept that then they're choosing uh the route of no agreement at the end of it even though they're all saying that that's the worst thing so, um if everybody takes their ball home then there is no match the match is off. that's true and so, it'll have to be resolved in the next states won't it that because that that's where this debate appears to me to be heading and then what what is left to decide is what is the list of capital projects that can be funded with a limited amount of money available because there haven't been uh, there hasn't been a tax raising package introduced. Indeed. Well, um, I did put uh, that particular uh, dilemma to uh, Deputy Lyndon Trott just a few minutes ago when I caught him coming out of the uh, the chamber. Um, and so uh, we'll hear that at the end of this podcast. But uh, those weren't the only things that were discussed uh, today. Uh, let's just briefly visit what they're on to now, because um, we mentioned uh, Les Oswey. Uh, just uh, run us briefly through what the consequence of that amendment might be were it to be successful. Yeah. So two years ago, the state's back 
lacked a plan from education, sport and culture to have a, a future education model of three 11 to 16 schools and then a post-16 campus at Les Oswey, which would include the Guernsey Institute for further and higher education and uh, uh, moving effectively the sixth form centre from Les Varondes to Les Oswey. Uh, and that has been going on. The education have been developing those plans, although they haven't been able to get very far in terms of the, the, the construction element. Uh, and Deputy Aidan Matthews has now come forward with an amendment saying, actually, it makes more sense educationally and financially to go ahead with the build of the new Guernsey Institute at Les Osway, but keep the sixth form centre at Les Varondes either separate from the 11 to 16 school there or as part of, of the 11 to 18 school there. And and the states are uh, locked in debate. I mean, I don't know how long we've had, probably and a couple of hours already on that debate tonight. I think so. I've been counting it in terms of speakers and there's not been all that many. No. So And there'll, uh, be a, there'll be more than a couple of hours, I should think, tomorrow. I mean, that is... That, that education probably remains, maybe apart from GST, the issue which, which most divides the states. I mean, that was true in the last states. It was probably true in the states before that, which was the one which dealt with selection. Uh, and I think it's true in this states. So this, the outcome, I mean, it will be very close, this amendment. I think it might just be defeated, but it will be close. And then education, even if they defeat the amendment, they have to try and get their project onto a list of projects funded at the end of the debate. Now, that may be even harder than defeating Deputy Matthews' amendment because it looks to me as if what is beginning to emerge in terms of capital projects is a majority in the states in favour of the shortest possible list of capital projects. That's what PNR calls Scenario 1 with or without the next phase of the Princess Elizabeth Hospital. And I'm not sure whether that will end up being added or not added, because that's it's it's very marginal whether the states are in favour of that. We've had a bit of flip-flop with that already, haven't we? Because yeah. um, yeah, Deputy Broad's amendment added that to all possible options. And then today we had a very brief, astonishingly brief, uh, kind of a U-turn on that, insofar as it was removed at least from that option one, the, the do minimum. Um, uh, option that will be available and of course we have to say that everything that's going on throughout these days of debate we've had so far is just to um, tinker with the final list of propositions that yeah. they will vote on yeah. so everything's still up yeah. for grabs one way or another you know the things that are defeated are gone such as the income tax rise but things that are successful still have to be uh, uh, voted on now of course we'll come back to education because we'll be talking about it tomorrow because they'll be continuing so we should mention uh, before we go uh, one other amendment that was brought in that was approved which was uh, um, brought by Deputy Peter Roffey, backed by Deputy Lindsay de Summeray, and that was to uh, permit uh, policy and resources to have the uh, negotiating um, power, if you like, to go to commercial lenders and borrow up to £150 million pounds, um, specifically for the Guernsey Housing Association to go ahead and build uh, further um, affordable housing uh, units around the island. Um, there was some debate about, well, why does it have to be £150 million? Pounds? And it was uh, the, the answer was, well, it doesn't have to be could be as little as five million but that's going to be the ceiling as to what might be required uh, there was there was a lot of consternation about the wording of the amendment because it mentioned um, the GHA or another provider uh, Deputy Roffey explained that that was because uh, the GHA have specifically uh, advised that if uh, Guernsey does go ahead and start building at the rate it said it wants to it won't be able to cope with that amount um, itself so some other entity might have to be brought on board to uh, to see that through and 
um, there was also um, some consternation about the uh, well, just the the extent of the delegation of authority to PNR to make this happen. Deputy uh, Gavin St Pierre was particularly uh, worried about this, as were some other deputies who've fought against delegation of authority to PNR in the past. Um, and uh, Deputy Roffey, uh, I think, it was really quite frustrated and and. Uh, uh, um, uh, by the end of uh, his summing up speech just said look for goodness sake I'm paraphrasing but look for goodness sake give them the authority to negotiate for the money that we need to get on with what you've been saying for several days and all the, through the last uh, calendar year that is the state's biggest emergency and that is housing and this is how we're going to solve it. Yeah I mean the context of, of these borrowing debates is quite interesting isn't it because the states didn't borrow for, as we know for, for decades and then uh, PNR's proposal, which is linked to the proposal for GST, to borrow another 350 million, would would basically double states' borrowing, you know, Guernsey's national debt, uh, potentially now with 150 million added to it for to, to fund housing. There has also already been a warning from PNR that there may need to be a, a very large amount of borrowing for the infrastructure related to the new electricity strategy. So, um, you know, it, the states have, have uh, developed an appetite for borrowing at exactly the time that interest rates uh, have gone up, having gone through this long period with interest rates, at, you know, historic 300 year lows, not borrowing. So, I mean, that, well, that, to be fair, the first big tranche of borrowing that happened already was at a time when it was much more favourable. Uh, well, yeah, but that was now 10 years ago, wasn't it? And, and right. there, there hasn't was been any more. It was. Yeah. yeah, there hasn't been any more added. Uh, since then. But um, it, I mean, it, it is unfortunate timing, isn't it, to, to suddenly discover that you need to borrow hundreds of millions of pounds when the, the, you know, the base rate is 4 or 5% rather than 0.1% as it was for a while. Well, look, our running time is, uh, is, is inflation busting. We're on think, borrowed so. time. Yeah. Exactly. So I think we should end it there. But uh, let's hear now uh, what uh, Deputy Lyndon Trott had to say about his amendment that we spoke about uh, regarding income tax and uh, the outcome for him and the consequences thereof. So, Deputy Trott, uh, your reaction, first of all, to the, uh, the result of your amendment? Well, I was uh, surprised uh, it didn't get a few more votes, uh, if I'm perfectly honest. Uh, I tried to be as fair as possible in, my, in the presenting of the amendment, insofar as I did paint uh, the negatives as well as the positives. Uh, but for me, the strongest uh, argument was the fact that we needed to have it uh, as a last resort, because I feared uh, before I laid the amendments, during the debate on the amendments, and, and right now, that we run the risk of leaving this debate with no uh, revenue-raising uh, actions in, in force in place. And I think that would be a, a miserable end to what has been, uh, so far, a very long and very tiring debate. Um, so it is uh, worth point reminding our listeners that you, you did regard this as a last resort. It's Absolutely. not as if you're a fan of throwing up income no, tax rates. Um, nevertheless, uh, this was uh, something... Well, I, I mentioned uh, this to the fellow members of my pool team last night in the Vicky Arms, and it came as a shock to them that this was even being discussed. They had no idea. So do you accept that it would have been quite a, a damaging thing from a, a public relations point of view for the states to uh, be giving this serious consideration... Um, later on in this debate when there's been no communication to the public over it. Well, I don't accept that. I, I mean, our post bag has been, you know, very positively in favour of this particular 
uh, uh, route. Uh, and in fact, uh, as recently as I think last week, the Confederation of, of Guernsey Industry came out in support of this amendment. So I mean, it, it, I, I'm told that there have been online polls, I'm not a, uh, particularly active on social media, uh, that have came out strongly in favour of this uh, route as well. Uh, so I think it's been, you know, well known in the public domain for some time that, that uh, rising, uh, increasing personal income tax was a genuine option. Um, you know, the truth is uh, that uh, some people have been very passionately opposed to GST, um, whereas I'm the first to accept that we haven't had uh, a large marches of people in support of, of raising personal income tax. But then we were never going to because that's not how it works. But what hasn't changed, uh, Dell, throughout this is the fact that we have a, a funding deficit that virtually no one um, uh, talks against. You know, we understand the reasons for that. Um, demographics are a key factor, uh, as is um, uh, the rising costs of just about everything, particularly stuff to do with uh, with uh, uh, health. Um, so we've got to embrace it. So, so we're really back to where we were when you asked me the earlier question. We, we have run the risk of leaving here with no funding mechanism in place. I, I'm still fairly certain, not uh, absolutely certain until the votes are counted, but I'm still fairly certain this Assembly will not support uh, the introduction of GST. So, so there, you know, there we are. I mean, I, if, the, if the big danger is coming away with nothing and no uh, mechanism to raise uh, additional revenue, then uh, how are you going to try to avoid that? What is on the menu or the, this famed smorgasbord that keeps coming, sure, being talked sure. about um, that, that you uh, think you will be most inclined to go for in order to avoid that uh, abyss? Well, I don't think there's anything. Uh, this, is, this is the problem. There's a whole load of spending initiatives. Um, uh, but even if, if, if one was trying, trying to borrow one's way out of this problem, which of course would be a, a very foolish thing to do, there's not even enough revenues to cover the interest. Um, so, that so does this mean that you're not going to vote for any of the things that are available? Isn't the effect of that that you're contributing to that abyss of there being no funding mechanism? It puts me into a very difficult position, but if the, if the states have decided uh, effectively uh, that they're calling people's bluff here now. It's either yes to GST or no to GST. There are no other options. Uh, then I remain consistent in my view, the view that I have held for many, many years, uh, that a goods and services tax is not the, the route that I want to go or the route that I believe the majority of my constituents don't want to go. Deputy Schwab, thank you very much. It's a pleasure.